the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. We pray that through this message, you will learn how to apply God's Word and truth to your life. Stay with us as we discover God's truths that will transform us. Are you ready to study the Bible tonight? Good. Glad to be together for the study of God's Word. We're involved in a series of messages entitled Christmas Is, and we're going to talk tonight about the gift of God's presence, what Christmas is all about. We're trying to get a a better understanding in this Christmas season of really the essence of Christmas. What really is Christmas all about? The world defines it in a number of different ways, and uh, the commercial element of Christmas is right in front of our face in terms of gift giving and presents and buying and those kind of things, but we need to come back to the real central understanding of Christmas especially as Christian believers, because we need to be able to communicate to the world around us what Christmas really is all about. And we talked last weekend about the fact that Christmas is about fulfilling promises. We talked about the promises of God that went back hundreds and thousands of years that, per, that predicted the coming of Jesus and how he came and fulfilled the promises of Scripture and how he continues to fulfill promises in our life. And one of the things we understand about Christmas is it's all about the fulfilling of God's promises to us. And tonight I'm going to share with you the, the fact that Christmas it really is all about the gift of God's presence in your life. We're going to talk about the presence of God and how Christmas really is about experiencing the presence of God in your life, in your home, in your family, in your work, in all that you do. And I want to share three things with you for these next few moments together that will help us, I believe, to understand this presence of God and what it means to our lives. I want to start by reminding us of this very basic fact. I think most of you would know this as you have uh, studied the Bible at all or aware of a relationship with God, is to understand that God's presence is a very powerful thing in our lives. The reason I want to point this out is because I want you to see your need for the presence of God. Every one of us desperately need the presence of God. We desperately need that because of certain things that are missing in our life apart from God's presence. And to understand that when God's presence comes to our lives, it is a very powerful thing. Let me ask you a question. When was the last time in your house that your power went out? Do you remember that? Maybe for some of you it was recently, maybe just a a while back, maybe it's been several months, maybe it was back in the summer when we had uh, some of those uh, classic uh, summer thunderstorms that came through. But what do you think about when the power goes out? What's the first thing you think about? How do I get it back on, right? Who do I need to call and uh, how long is it going to be before the power comes back on? Because that power, the presence of that power in our home is a very valuable thing to us. You don't think about it normally in any given day. You just go and you turn the stove on or you open up the refrigerator. You do all those kind of things. But none of that would be possible if the power were not there. 
None of that would be possible if you were not plugged in and had a service to a source or an empowerment that comes into your life. Now, what's true of your home is also true of your life. You need a power source in your life, and if that power source were to be removed from you, I promise you, you would soon know it and experience it in some very devastating ways, and there are people that oftentimes are living outside of the power source of God, and so because of that, they struggle in lots of ways in their life. Think about it this way. What could be more powerful, more important, more valuable in your life than the presence of God? There is absolutely nothing that is more important in your life or valuable in your life than the presence of God. That's why we should work hard in our lives and our spiritual journey to do nothing that would hurt or grieve the presence of God among us. Moses was one of the greatest leaders of Israel. We know Moses is the man who led the children of Israel out of Egyptian slavery. He was a man that went up to Mount Sinai and received the Ten Commandments and had this great encounter with God. But something interesting happened. We talked about this a few weeks ago, and I want to bring it back to your remembrance again. Something happened while Moses was on the mountain, Mount Sinai, receiving the tablets of stone and the Ten Commandments from God. Does anyone remember what happened with the people down among the the foot of the mountain? Very quickly they turned away from God, although God had delivered them from slavery and bondage, and they started making a golden calf. They actually began to form an idol, and and they began to worship around this idol. And so Moses comes down from the mountain, and he sees what's going on, and, and God's anger was kindled against this group of people because they were ignoring him. They were actually discarding the very thing that he'd done for them. And so there's a moment in this experience that Moses has with God where God says, I'm just going to destroy every one of them. If I don't destroy them, I certainly will take my presence away from them that literally scared Moses to death because Moses realized if we need anything, we desperately need God's presence. And so he was, he was quite concerned that God was going to remove his presence from his people, his presence from Moses' life perhaps as well. And so I want you to notice a prayer that Moses prays to God and an interaction that Moses has related to the importance of God's presence, the power of God's presence. Moses said to the Lord, you've been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name, and you have found favor with me. If you're pleased with me, teach me your ways so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, read this last sentence with me, if you're presence does not go with us. Do not send us up from here. Moses said, we're not moving. We're not doing anything at all unless you can assure us that your presence is going to go with us. Moses understood the power and the importance of the presence of Almighty God. David understood this as well. As David is going through a very, a very difficult time in his own life. He's asking God to forgive him of his own sins. One of the deepest concerns that Moses, that, excuse me, that David had as he's repenting before God for some sin in his life it was this very thing. He said, create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. And then notice what he adds here. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. The concern that David had was 
God, please, I know that I've messed up. I know that I've made some mistakes in my life, but I beg you, please, please don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Don't take your presence from me. Moses was deeply concerned about forfeiting the presence of God. David was deeply concerned about forfeiting the presence of God. Why? Because both of these men understood how important, how valuable, and how powerful the presence of God is in our lives. I'm going to quickly walk you through some things that you benefit from by having God's presence in your life. First of all, the presence of God gives us companionship. By companionship, I mean that he's there with you. He is walking with you. He is your friend. There's a companion that goes with you through your life journey. And I think all of us would say there are times in life when uh, even our closest friends may not be uh, in good relationship with us, or sometimes even our closest friends will desert us. And we're left oftentimes feeling alone in life. But in relationship with God, we have a constant companion. The Apostle John writes about this in 1 John chapter 1, verse 3. We proclaim to you what we ourselves have actually seen and heard so that you may have fellowship with us and our fellow. Fellowship, the word there is koinonia. It means to share community, companionship, to share in common. Our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. Aren't you glad that the presence of God promises you companionship, fellowship with God? The presence of God is important because it gives us guidance. It provides guidance for your life. God wants to be the guide of your life. He wants to help you know how to live life and what steps to take in your journey. Maybe you're uh, dealing with something in your life right now where you need guidance. Well, God's presence is the very thing that brings guidance to you and me. The children of Israel learned this as they were going through their wilderness experience because the Bible says as they're traveling on the way to the promised land, here's something that God did for them. By day, the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to do what? To guide them on their way and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light so they could travel by day or night. God says, I'm not going to leave you in this wilderness by yourself. I'm going to provide a cloud by day and a cloud of fire by night so that you will always have guidance in your life. And that is a picture of the Holy Spirit at work in the lives of believers. Here's the third thing that you need to be remembered or be reminded of related to the presence of God. God's presence gives us comfort. There are times in all of our life when we need to be comforted, when we need, if you will, an embrace around us. We need someone that we feel like is really holding our hand or supporting us in a difficult time of grief or, or challenge or whatever it might be. And God's presence is the very presence that will comfort you in the deepest sorrow of your life. That's how the psalmist David understood this in his own walk with God. He said, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for... You are what? You are with me. That's the presence of God. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. David's saying, I know that you're with me, and you you have a rod and you have a staff. You're a great shepherd. You're the Lord who is my shepherd, and because you're with me, I have comfort in my life. So God's presence gives us comfort. Also, God's presence provides something that we all long for, favor and blessing. Favor is a great thing. Has anyone ever done you a favor? You know what it means when someone does you a favor? 
What they do is they do something for you that you didn't necessarily deserve. They step out of their way to do something that brings a great benefit to your life. They use their influence to give you something that otherwise you would not have. And that's what the favor of God is. God wants to bring favor to your life. God wants to open doors in your life that no man can open. And he'll also close doors that no man can open. And so God wants to bring favor to your life. And favor brings also with it blessings in your life. And so to remember that God wants you to be favored and God wants you to be blessed. Why? Because he sends you his presence and his presence brings favor. His presence brings blessings. We talked about this as well a couple of weeks ago that we need to be reminded of again. Of again. David was, was king of Israel and as he started his, his rule, his reign, He's now established his capital in Jerusalem, and he wants to bring the Ark of the Covenant, which represents the presence of God. That's what the Ark of the Covenant was. It was the representation of the presence of God in Israel. And so David wants to bring it to to Jerusalem. He doesn't quite understand how, and so there's a little mishap that happens in the first attempt to try to get uh, God's presence into Jerusalem. And so there's a temporary period of time that David has to take the Ark of God or the the covenant of God or the presence of God, and it has to stay in the house of a man by the name of Obed-Edom. Do you remember me talking about Obed-Edom? I had you to say his name, but be reminded of this. The ark of the Lord or the presence of the Lord remained in the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite, for three months, and notice what it says. The Lord did what? He blessed him and his entire household. Let me tell you, if you want your house to be blessed, you need the presence of God in your house, okay? If you want your family to be blessed, you need the presence of God in your house. The second thing that I want you to see this evening, based upon what we just looked at before, is that God, the good thing is that God's presence is promised. We talked a lot about promises last week. I want to bring you back to that theme just for a moment. We know that we need the presence of God, so how can we be assured of the presence of God? Well, the way that we're assured of the, the assured of the presence of God, as I mentioned, and again, I'm building on some themes I gave you a couple of weeks ago. We can be assured of the presence of God. The promise of the presence of God is, is based upon two things. Number one, it's based upon his nature. God loves his creation. God loves you. God loves you, okay? And so because he loves you and because he loves his creation, he wants to be with you, okay? If you have kids, you understand. If you're a parent, you enjoy being with your kids. They can be knuckleheads at times and difficult to deal with, but you still want to be with them, right? Okay? You have a desire to be with your kids. Why? Because they're a part of you, okay? And so we're created in the image of God, and because we're created in the image of God, our Father wants to be with us, and he promised to be with us. In fact, in Psalm 139, he promises his omnipresence when he says, where can, the psalmist says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? God, I can't get away from you. Have you ever tried to get away from God? Well, I'm sure you probably have at some point in time in your life. You probably ran from God. But if you notice that when you run from God, you run into God, okay? You can't run from God because when you run from him, you run right smack dab into him because you can't get away from him. 
It's the omnipresence of Almighty God. He is there with us. However, here's the problem. The problem is, even though God promises that he's going to be with his creation, he is in the world. You can't get away from God. He's omnipresent God in the world. There's another aspect of the presence of God that you can get away from, and that's the presence of God in a personal way in your life. And the reason that we oftentimes don't experience the personal sense of God's presence is because of something called sin. And sin breaks our fellowship with God. Take a look at what these scriptures say. I'm going to bring all this back around to Christmas in just a moment. Isaiah says in Isaiah 59, verse 2, but your iniquities, iniquities is another word there for sins, your sins, your iniquities have done what? Have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. God says when you are living a life that is that is committed to sin rather than a relationship with me, what you do is you're breaking fellowship with me because God is holy and he can't fellowship with sin. Light and darkness can't be in the same room together, right? If the room is dark, it means there's an absence of light. If, there's, if the room is light, it means there's an absence of darkness. And so you have to understand that light and darkness are separated. So the same is true for us when we're living in a life of sin. It separates us from God. Now, Romans chapter 3, 23 reminds us that all of us come into the world in this condition. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So let's stop there for a moment. And in our natural state, apart from Uh, Jesus Christ that we'll come to in just a moment, we are separated from God by our sin. God's in the world. God's wanting a relationship with you, with me. But the problem is before we have an experience with God called salvation, then we're separated from God. We're separated from the life of God. God desperately wants a relationship with us, but we are making the choice to live in our sin. So we have fallen short of the glory of God and the presence of God in our lives. Isaiah 53, verse 6, we all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Now, this is important. We're going to get to this idea, the Lord laid on him the iniquity of of us all here in just a moment. But I want you to listen closely. This is vital to understand for your own life and also uh, in sharing your faith with other people. Sin is something we're all born with. We come into the world as sinners. Everybody is. There's not a single person that is born that who, who by nature is not a sinner. We all are sinners. We all have fallen short of the glory of God. Because we are sinners, we don't experience or cannot experience the personal presence of God in our life the way God desires it. God wants a relationship with us, but what is separating us from God? Our sin. Exactly right. And here's the thing that I want to get to. You cannot save yourself from sin. Let me say that again. There's nothing 
you could do or I could do that would ever save me from sin. I can't save myself from sin. You can't save yourself from sin. There's nobody on the earth that can save you from sin. It's impossible. You can't be good enough. You can't work hard enough. You can't do enough religious works to somehow finally God says, I'm really impressed with you. I'm going to wipe that sin thing away because you're such a good person. No, it doesn't work that way. No good works will ever be good enough to get you in right relationship with God because you're broken on the inside. I'm broken. I came into the world. We all do into the world as sinners. And so there is a twisting to our character that has to be changed from the inside out. And the problem with religion, religion always tries to change you from the outside in. You do all these religious things. If I go to church, if I do this, if I do the other thing, if I'm a nice person, then somehow God's going to kind of be aware of all these great things that I do. And and then all these external things will get me in right relationship with God. I'll tell you a big theological word for that is called baloney. Okay. Okay. It doesn't work. Okay. You can't be saved by anything you do. The only thing, that, only hope that we have is for a Savior. That is the only hope that we have. Just as surely if you were locked up in a dungeon somewhere and you had no capacity, no key to get you out, and you're lost and hopeless, the only hope you would have to ever get out is someone comes along with a key to release you. The same is true when it comes to your, your, your sin and my sin. We are sinners in need of a Savior. And that's why Christmas is so important. Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, speaking of this birth, birth of the Messiah. She, Mary, will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because read the rest of it. He will save his people from their sins. Anybody want to say hallelujah right now? That's what Christmas is all about. That was the promise of Christmas. It was the promise of who Jesus, uh, Jesus coming and what he would do for you and for me. And notice what happens In John chapter 1, verse 12, yet to all who did receive him, he came to his own, his own didn't receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, that's all you have to do, believed in his name, he gave the right to become what? He restored the relationship between father and child, okay? He took the initiative and said, come on in to my family. I've been waiting to have fellowship with you. You're accepted in the beloved because of your faith in Christ. And that leads me to my third and final point today. And sort of basically the point's already been made, but let me put it in these terms. God's presence now has been provided to you and me. Christmas gave you the greatest gift you could ever imagine, okay? Ladies, I don't care what diamond ring you might want for Christmas. And men, I don't care what fancy sport car you may like to have or some other thing that you, or set of golf clubs or whatever it is you think would be the most awesome gift that somebody could give you. But there's no gift greater than the gift of Christmas, okay? No gift greater than that. God so loved the world that he, what did he do? He gave. He gave his only begotten son. And this is all wrapped up in the Christmas story 
by one word. It's a reminder of the presence of God in one word. Look at this word with me. Again, this is part of the Christmas story. The virgin will conceive, and of course the virgin Mary will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him. What's his name? What does Emmanuel mean? Here is my presence. God with us. When Jesus came from heaven to earth, he came as Emmanuel. He was God with us. And not only was he God with us, but he was the way for us to get to God. Okay, I'll say that again. Not only was he God with us, but he was the way that we get to God. Perhaps as you have been listening to today's broadcast, you felt a stirring in your heart, something that reminded you that you need to get something right in your life with God. The first way to start in that journey with God is to open your heart to Jesus Christ, to make Him the Lord of your life, to turn over all your life to Him. And that begins with a very simple prayer. I want to lead you in that prayer right now, and it's a prayer that you can pray right where you are. Say these words, Jesus, I invite you into my life today to forgive me of all my sins. I need you. I want you. I want you to take charge of my life. Be my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. Now, if you just prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says, when we call on God's name, when we call on the name of His Son, Jesus, there is salvation that is brought to our lives. He changes us from the inside out. And the Bible says that if any person is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. And that's what's happened to you today as you've opened your heart to Christ. Let me encourage you. You need to take the next step. The next step is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church where you're studying God's Word. And make sure you get a copy of God's Word and begin to read it. Spend some time each day in prayer. You've been listening to the teaching ministry of Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. If you would like more information, please visit our website at church-redeemer.org. May God bless you and make you a blessing. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.